with soul fragmentation, how does that show up with a client? So for example, the soul fragmentation happens when we, or the person, obviously the client is coming with a specific trauma. What happens is that when the client, the person goes through a trauma, whether it is physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotionally, spiritually abused, it, it can be anything. When there is a person that is victimizing somebody else and there is a victim and someone that is the abuser, normally they, there is a container happening where these people are interacting, exchanging energy. The abuser uses specific techniques to get the person to submit to whatever they're doing, right? So, for example, with physical abuse, normally there is a parent there is a family, there, there are kids, the kids maybe um, being physically abused by the father or the mother or whoever it is. And every time they're beating that child, that experience, a lot of things are happening, even though it may not seem like it. Number one, the person is being, there is a person that is superior and, and the child that is inferior. So there is those feelings of, no feeling equal to this other person. The energy that the person, the abuser is taking from the child every time there is a beating, it is resulting in part of the soul that comes out of the experience not to feel that trauma of being abused by the parent. When the parents are supposed to be loving and nurturing, there is a piece of the soul. And we're not saying it's the whole soul because, you know, Every, everyone's soul is so powerful and unique and perfect and is composed by so many pieces that when there is a piece that says, you're supposed to be the one that loves me, that piece kind of gets out of the body and says, I am not going to go through that. So I'm going to move out for a little bit and see what happens. But sometimes in that moment that it leaves, what happens is that it doesn't want to come up come back because he knows it can happen again so that piece that stay behind kind of goes into a loop where it repeats over and over that experience and he may be still in that room reliving that experience for 20 30 40 years until you go back and experience that moment of the abuse in order to work through that abuse properly in therapy and then we pick up that piece of the soul so when the abuse is happening there is a piece that leaves the body. There is a piece of the abuser that comes into you. So that's why there are a lot of energetic cores and a lot of people don't realize this, but sometimes when they're in regression, they say, oh my God, I feel like I have something on me and it's connecting me to this other person. And they have no idea. They don't know these terms, but what they're realizing when they go into regression is I have something that is attached to me. For example, client X, um, has an experience and she says there is something attaching me to my sister and it looks like a belt and eventually she goes through the process of releasing that cord properly and it has to go through the whole regression and everything but when she releases that belt everything changes she's no longer attached to the beliefs that the sister putting her for example the sister was calling her stupid when she was young she was calling her idiot so, and she will use her hand. She was eight years, the, the client is two years old and the sister will use 
her little hands to smack her and say, you're stupid, you're stupid. So the client believes all the time, I am stupid, unconsciously believing that and living in that experience over and over because that piece that was stay behind created this loop and created this belief. So when we go back into the regression to relieve that experience, do all the work that we have to do, not only are we rescuing the soul, we're releasing that energetic core to that situation, and we are picking up all the energy that the sister stole from this person by calling her stupid that created the belief that she's stupid, and therefore she always felt like she couldn't speak in public. So we basically go back and rescue that piece of the soul so that it can reintegrate back with you. When somebody has a lot of different traumas, if if they have been abused for many years, if they have relationship issues, when there is an abuser, normally you're going to find out that there is always more than one person because normally you don't create abuse by yourself unless something else happened before where one more person was involved. So there is always, for the trauma, there is always someone that created the abuse, an abuser. So by going into that experience where it originated from, then we can pick up that piece and fully integrate that with you. But if we don't do that properly, there is always going to be that part that repeats, repeats, repeats. Does that make sense? Yes. So when you said about releasing the trauma properly, can you share what that could look like for a client? Like what is makes it proper versus just releasing? So a lot of people really, um, they hang, I have clients all the time. They say, I already forgot about this. I forgave. Everything is okay. I don't want to go through this. And then the more they start going through their experience, the more they realize I haven't really healed from this, no matter that I spoke about it for 10 years, but I didn't really go back into what it felt like to be in that experience because you have to pull yourself back into that part that is relieving that moment. And you do that by feeling. So the person has to be able to go through a regression process to feel what it felt like. And normally we need the therapist for this, the practitioner, because you will not do that by yourself. Nobody wants to go back into, that's why the soul left to begin with, because it was too traumatic. So a person consciously, no matter how hard they try, it's going to be extremely difficult for someone to really do the work 100%, right? Because they are going, a part of them is going to behave like you behaved before and you're going to want to feel. So the therapist helps you to anchor yourself in the experience and not be able to run away from the experience so that you can really it's almost like exercising all of those feelings in that moment and allowing those feelings to surface so that you can really be in that experience in that moment of so much trauma where you couldn't handle before but now with somebody's help you're going to be able to do it and then talk to that part of your soul and, and convince that part of your soul I made it. I'm okay. You got to come back with me. When the person goes through the trauma, the energy that the abuser takes depletes the energy from the from the client, from the person. So a lot of people that come with a lot of fatigue, a lot of people that come with hopelessness and helplessness, they have dealt with so much trauma that they have nothing left to give. 
but it's because so many times the soul had to divide itself to survive, to, for this physical body to survive, but the soul was trapped in those experiences. So when the therapist takes you back to those moments and you are living in those moments and you are really feeling everything and you allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to be that person again in that experience, then you can exhaust all of that energy that was trapped from the abuser so that then you have the courage to do the next part, which is asking for your energy, is picking that part of your soul. And there are different things that we do in therapy that I cannot give out, but basically within the therapy work, we go through a process of making sure that the person can pick up unconsciously beliefs that they have created from that experience in order to basically unravel those beliefs so that they can no longer continue to ruin and and rule your life. Does that make sense? Like there is a whole process going on and you can only really do that in therapy. Uh, the, The easiest things you could do at home with meditation, but when it gets to a point where really something was very traumatic the best thing that you could do is to find a therapist, a, you know, a practitioner that understand this type of work, the soul fragmentation, in order for them to assist you properly. That makes a lot of sense, especially since our egos are meant there to, here to protect us. So they are going to create that wall um, and keep us from being re-traumatized. And when we don't have somebody to guide us and facilitate us through the process, we can't create a safe enough space for ourselves to go to that level that you're talking about, to explore that depth um, and that fear and emotion um, that may be experienced. Right. When you- of, yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize too, the more that we go back to specific traumas in childhood, most of the time, those traumas reopen wounds from past lives. So the root of that challenge is not even really here. It just gets reactivated here, which is why we have to also go to past lives to finish up the whole therapy in a very um, integrated way. Because just doing the childhood, sometimes that's enough for a lot of people. But for hardcore cases, what you're going to find is the trauma comes from past lives and it just gets reactivated here by something um, or something that, that is said to them or something that happens to them, whether it could be loneliness. Sometimes the parents are so busy working and it's not that they did something. It's just that they were not around, but it reactivates the trauma from a past life where they felt similar situations. Definitely. That makes, I can see where that would occur, especially you know, there's that theory that we're here to heal and relearn um, and do something differently. So it being from a past life and being that um, lesson being brought up to be explored again, especially once the client is in a space to heal that way. Um, Can you give an example of a client um, that has, you have helped with the soul fragmentation? They from this life, um, uh, let me just use this life because I think a lot of people that are dealing with a lot of hopelessness also have a lot of childhood trauma. I have a client, this male in his mid forties, and he was physically abused by, by the parents to the point where 
the abuse was for many, many, many years. And the abuse was to the point where sometimes they had to take him to the hospital due to the cuts that he received from the belt that was being used to hit him with the rubber hoses or the military belts or something very thick and heavy with metal pieces. He, he was told that he couldn't say the truth. So he became a liar because he couldn't say the truth that the father was doing all of this to, the, to him. There was also pieces of the father with all of that rage, pieces of his soul fragmenting into my client where he always had a piece of his father within him. And when he became a father, that was really a problem because he was also doing the same thing, obviously, that the father did to him. When we go back into those experiences, there was a lot of things happening. There was a lot of threats. If you say something, this is going to happen to you and your brothers. So he was very concerned about his brothers because sometimes he didn't want to say that he did something out of fear that he was going to be so physically abused that he will end up again in the hospital. But when he didn't say something, the father will beat the other ones that were older. He was the youngest one. So that feel, that that feeling of guilt really was something that he was carrying with him always, always. There was also molestation issues from the, from the stepmother. So pieces of her fragment stay with the client. So when we started working with this person, there was a lot of different pieces going on. Not only there was entity attachments from the grandmother that committed a crime, like she killed someone, but there were other entities there from other experiences that became part of this person. So there was a lot of things happening with this person to get to the point where he felt relief and he feels good about being here now and doesn't feel detached, can feel like he's part of this. It took many sessions because the abuse was so immense. And then he started doing the same thing to his children. So there was a lot of guilt and shame, resentment, anger, so many hopelessness, helplessness to the point where this almost really broke this person. The key is to go back to those experiences. So obviously at the beginning, this person didn't want to go back to those experiences. He was trying to run away from them, not go back to them. And that's what we all do. We want to run away from it because it was so painful. But with the right practitioner that you can trust, that you believe has the best interest in mind for you and that can hold space for you, you can go back to those experiences. And basically, you can... Think about it this way. You're basically breaking up all of those ties to that experience so that they can no longer control your present and future behavior. That's what it is. Wonderful. Now, something that came to mind as you were talking is, you know, the the fragmentation. So when a person's going through trauma, their soul is fragmenting out to kind of separate themselves from this pain. And that leaves a hole or an opening so that either the abuser's energy or some other energy can be intertwined. Can you share more and explain a little more about that? Right. So when that piece of your soul that leaves is standing by, the soul of the abuser, a piece of the soul of the abuser can come into you at that moment because you basically open up a little wall. Whether, you know, if you're being abused sexually, it could be in the sacral area, 
Um, if you're being abused physically, it could be in the root area, in the solar places, in any of those areas. Uh, spiritually, you're going to feel it more up in the higher um, chakras. There is a lot of spiritual abuse and people don't even realize that this is happening. And that's a conversation for another day. But anytime that we open up or when we cannot talk and, and we become liars and we have to do things because it is what somebody else tells us, we're going to notice also a lot of things, a lot of opening in the throat area. So whenever we, that little piece that comes out of the, of us and, be, and it's just standing by looking is an opening, it's like a little hole. Another energy that is nearby that is resonating at the same frequency that you are experiencing in that moment, that abuse, that self-hatred, that anger, that shame, that guilt, all of those things that you're experiencing, it's like making a, a radio call. Hello, I am here, I'm open, anybody's there. And then those things that are waiting to find a place, they're gonna come through and stay with you. And that's like a bee, like a, an open door, I'm, I'm welcome, please come. So we all have entities, whether they are little, very powerful or nest level situation. We all have energy, whether it is astral larva that will come and fill those holes because it cannot, it just, it just doesn't stay open and that's it. It's almost like a tunnel, like, like, like a filter come through and, and be with me because I need someone else that understands me. So we're making that frequency call and the frequency that is nearby that is vibrating at the same frequency is going to come and, and meet up with you. And for a lot of time, it can be very, the, the way that you don't feel lonely, but then eventually it, it will start um, taking possession of your thoughts and your feelings and interrupt the frequency of where you're supposed to be vibrating from so that it's going to start lowering the frequency until it gets to the point where you start feeling really hopeless. There is no way that this is happening to me. I feel worthless. What is the point of all of this? And you start questioning all of these things, feeling all of these things, because those frequencies, normally it's not just one that comes, it could be many, and it lowers and lowers and lowers until you're basically depleted from your own energy and you don't you don't have anything to give. And, and all of those energies are just bringing you down to the point that you know something is really wrong. But also it is an opportunity for you to know when you're feeling that I need help, but there is no, the person doesn't believe there is a way. So something traumatic has to happen for the person to say, you know what, this is not the way life is, should be. I need, I need assistance, right? So sometimes it takes you to the bottom, to the rock bottom, and then you're like, oh shit, I need to come out of this. So what we find also is that a lot of these entities, they come and they have a contract to do X, Y, and Z. So the person eventually can go and get the help that they need to overcome the challenges that they had to experience in this life in order for them to walk their path. So it, it can be very disruptive, but at the same time, it's an opportunity to recognize that some of those energies are there too. At the end of the day, really, um, they can help us get to the next level. So I've heard you use the term energies and entities. For a client who doesn't know if there's a difference, hears it interchangeably, can you explain to your clients what you mean when you say entities and what you mean when you say energies? Yeah, so there, for me, the energies, everything is energy, but the way that I use it is the entity most of the time is a disembodied energy 
that had had a human experience and it is stuck in between rounds. So it is stuck in the fourth dimension and hasn't gone to the light. It can also be um, disembodied energy that is, sometimes we call them, um, what a lot of people will know as demonic energies, but it's not really that they're demonic energies. You know, I don't really see it like that, but they are dark force entities. They have connection to the darkness and they have very specific things that they need to do in order to work with that side of reality, for lack of better words. And then the energies that I'm mentioning, um, when I think of them, I think of the astral larvae. And those are more like parasites that are not defined. They they don't they can be good or bad. They can be playful or no. They sometimes they can be very whatever they feel because they, they are parasites. Some people see the demonic, the dark force entities as parasites too. I, I tend to see it in a little different way. Don't know if that answered your questions, but they're different ones. They're disembodied energies that have had a human soul. So they are earthbound spirits. They're dark forces entities. They're also um, extraterrestrial beings that have paths with the darkness. And that's where the implants come into place and working through all of those different versions of the entities that could be attached to someone requires different processes so it really depends on what's going on and obviously we also have the soul fragmentation even from people that are here alive for example if, if somebody is very jealous of you they with their energy they can send that part that is feeling all of that jealousy to follow you around so it becomes like a parasite in within your um auric field that is waiting by, on, like waiting on the sidelines. But if it, that energy gets even bigger and bigger, eventually it can penetrate your auric field. And that's when you start feeling a lot of that energy of jealousy and envy towards others as well. So it could be an interference from someone that is alive, having those feelings towards you without, you know, you realizing it. And if you had, um, jealousy envy issues you're going to notice that that energy gets even amplified because now you have someone else that is amplifying that energy so it can grow okay wonderful now all of that sounds very scary to maybe somebody who is in that i'm lost i'm hopeless i don't know where to go i need to find something you know place at this point what would you say to that person who is in that place, but now is also scared of what's the next step? How how do I even deal with this? This seems so overwhelming. It could be very overwhelming, but I think the key is to know that there is help. There are millions of practitioners. There are handful of practitioners that are pretty well trained with spirit releasement therapy, if that's the case. But that is that is not the first step. I believe that the first step is recognizing I need help. And when you recognize that you need help, you're going to find a practitioner that is in the same frequency that has dealt with the same frequency of the issues that you have by you connecting to, let's say you go online, you, you look for practitioners. The person that you feel the most attracted to is going to have something for you, like a gift 
no matter if they don't know anything about spirit release, man, because whatever they have is going to get you to the next level. So you don't have to go crazy thinking about entities. You don't have to think about, oh my God, you know, this is why my life is right. No, is whenever you find a practitioner, that practitioner is going to have something that is unique for you. And you have to trust that that person has something for you because when you go through that session, you are going to come up wiser <laughs> no matter what. So trusting that the person has what you need is key. Trusting that you're picking the practitioner that is with the highest intention in mind for you. And you focus on the energy that you feel when you connect to this person. You don't focus on anything else. Forget about your issue. Focus on what is it that you feel when this person is trying to figure out if they can help you, because that's where the key is. The energy that they have is going to help you to get to the next level. Sometimes you go to a practitioner and it's a beginning stage. And then you go to another practitioner and you're like, they didn't help me. They didn't do this. And guess what? They gave you enough for you to continue to move forward. So when you find the right people, you will know and just follow your intuition because you, you cannot know. And a lot of people, they get so caught up in the entities. They don't realize when we get to the entities is because we're more advanced, honestly, because the first thing that comes to you is not going to be a having entity and this is creating this. The first thing that is going to come up, I have an issue. What is the issue? Start working with that issue because you can release a lot of entities, but until you work through what is creating the issue where the entity found you, then you're going to continue to repeat the, the problem. So you have to close out the issue that created the entity opportunity to come and be part of you before you even really think that you're done with this problem. That's why entity releasement takes several sessions because you have to work with the problem, release that problem, seal that problem. And when you release that entity, then it cannot come back because that problem has been, that door has been shut and they cannot open it without your permission. So I think people just need to focus on, let me find someone that I can, I feel called to, that I feel they understand my issues. They will understand my hopelessness, my trauma, my relationship patterns. I'm feeling stuck. What do I do now? You're going to find those people that are going to meet you where you are. And then you continue from there, wherever that is that it takes you. So throughout this, you've talked about practitioners and facilitators. Can you be more clear so that if somebody were to go online and do this search for help, what are some terms, what are um, things that they could start that search for? Where would they even start in, in putting it into that Google search bar? Yes. Yeah, so if you're looking into, you know, a lot of people think, okay, uh, talk therapy. Oh my goodness, I'm done with talk therapy. So they're ready for the next level. What is the next level? Could be hypnotherapy. It could be quantum healing. It could be beyond quantum healing. It could be past life regression. It could be, I don't know. It could be um, any of those things. You're, you're going to look for practitioners that are dealing with your trauma. So when you go through their website, you have to look for things that are talking about what you are experiencing so that you can see that they have the experience to handle your problem. For example, I'm feeling stuck. Then when I when I go online, I'm feeling stuck 
therapy or session healing to release this problem of feeling stuck or how do I move forward? You, the quantum healing practitioners, hypnotherapy practitioners, any of those practitioners, past life regression practitioners, are going to be able to help you with that. They're going to bring something to the table that is different than traditional therapy. Of course, I believe that traditional therapy could be a really good way to start because a lot of people that come to, to see me, what I notice is they say, I've been in therapy four, five, 10 years. And like, well, yeah, I understand that you feel like it didn't work, but it still got you to this point. And everything is part of the next step. To, for me to say, you can only come to me is almost delusional because you have to be able to do so many different things to get to the, the healing journey is one of the hardest things that we can do. So you can imagine that somebody that spent 10 years in therapy, they did something. They actually got something out of it. Maybe it took them longer because they were not ready for the next the next place. And, and that could be past life regression where like, you know, I'm still dealing with this issue. I've been in therapy for five years. I don't get it. And then you go into a therapy session and you do past life regression and you're like, wow, I'm in the origin of this, where this problem really came from. But you wouldn't have gotten there unless you had done the previous, whatever you did before, whether it is plant medicine, therapy, talk therapy, family system, right? Or whatever it is that you do, everything gets you to the next level. And we have to trust that everything is working out for us to get to that point where now I find practitioner S, Y, and Z. And the healing journey is exactly that. It's a journey. It's not about the destination. It's all the steps that get us there. Um, you mentioned like packages and needing to have multiple sessions. So if somebody were to go to your website, what would they, for this type of helping them heal through the, the soul fragments, what would they look for on your website? Well, for for me, I am not doing one-time clients anymore because it, I just feel like it has to be a comprehensive very integrated process of multiple sessions. And what happened in each session is that these sessions are longer than most other type of sessions where you go to hypnotherapy, traditional hypnotherapy, and you do an hour or two with these type of sessions that I do, which is a combination of my own technique is way longer. So you, you spend a lot of energy. It's a lot of, it's an emotional mental, physical investment, spiritual investment, because you really do work hard. And that is key to deplete all of that energy that is stuck and, and to do the proper work. However, a lot of other people don't work like that. So it really depends on, on you and what is it that you need and how much time and energy you have, because some of these sessions are so hardcore that you're depleted, like you're done. It's almost like having, and I always call it this, it's an energetic surgery for the soul because you really are like open, completely open. And after the session, there is integration. You have to rest. You have to be kind with yourself because it really is like, like having a major surgery of the soul. So it is not easy. It's probably one of the hardest things that my clients do, but is it worth it? Of course, it's worth it at the end, but it is a program of different sessions in order for us to work through a major challenge that you have, whether it is hopelessness, 
spiritual issues that you have. You know, a lot of people that I see will be, say, you know, I'm afraid of the dark. I feel like I cannot trust these spirits, but I feel like I need to do something with this. I don't know what is the next level. And when we go through sessions, it's like, oh shit, like I have many past lives dealing with sim similar issues and dealing with things that I cannot even comprehend. So those sessions lead them from one session to the other in order for them to have all the pieces that they need to really release and work through those traumas and be able to get to the point where they can feel happy, connected, and, and really understand what the spirits are trying to tell them and just be present. Like, I think that's the biggest gift. We have to be present here now, not tomorrow, not the, other, the next day. It's about being here now. And to do that, there is a lot of things that happen in those sessions where it would be impossible for me to, to share because every session is different, but it's almost like having three sessions in one day and you like deplete it at the end of the day. Like you really do feel like I did the work for a million years. It's like running a marathon. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it feels like. So when they've done that work and they've integrated, what are some of the things you've seen your clients come back with you, come back to you and say, okay, it's integrated. I've done the work and now... I have this beautiful wonder, you know, what are the ways they've healed that it is showing up in their lives? For a lot of corporate people, it's about mental clarity and confidence. But for those that are more spiritual or have very, very traumatic childhood and experiences, it's life-changing because they're talking about being hopeful for the first time in 10, 15, 20 years. They're talking about I cannot believe I feel disconnected to everything. When somebody's feeling detached and they don't really feel like they're part of this and they have a family and they have work or a business and they're operating from up here and they're not in their bodies, nothing is good enough. Nothing is like, wow, nothing is like that connection that you feel with your family members, your kids, you know, friends. It is life-changing. and. To have that after the sessions and know I am part of this experience, feel hopeful and feel love for yourself for the first time in who knows when. Like, so, you know, I had a client the other day, she, she tested me and she said, I am experiencing what it feels like to love myself without drugs. That feeling that I used to get with the drugs, I don't, I didn't have it without the drugs. So that's why I did the drugs, because I wanted to feel that love energy. She experienced that without drugs after being in two sessions. So it is one of those things that you cannot put a price on it. Like, what, does it, what is the, worth, the value to someone that hasn't been hopeful? Or I had a client that I think he said like 15, 18 years of you know, like this person had uh, symptoms of um, hearing voices and things like that for many years and felt like he was going crazy. And he hasn't smiled in 15, 18 years, something like that. And after the, during the session, it was the first time that I saw him smile and he's like, I cannot believe, like I can feel my cheeks. Like, you know, like he was crying and, and smiling at the same time. What What is the price of that? Like we don't, we, <laughs> there is no price, right? So people are, finding hope. People are finding that they can love themselves. They're gaining mental clarity. Like the, 
they're moving on with life. I had a client, she was in corporate um, for like 40 something years, she was feeling very stuck, feeling like she wasn't smart enough to do what she needed to do and getting those jobs and, you know, a lot of mental confusion. And then with one session, she's like, I know what I want to do and I'm going for it like that. It's like magic. This is possible. This is really is possible. Beautiful. Any last things that you want to share with? No, I think it has been a great conversation. Um, Thank you so much. And we'll see you guys on the next one.